0: This is the CPA Lady Podcast, where we're talking everything accounting, taxes, estate planning, and your career moves. We want you to pass on the wealth to the next generation and become the best in your career. And now, here's your host, Marjorie McPike.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the CPA Lady Podcast. My name is Marjorie McKnight. I am a CPA in Southern California where I practice public accounting, tax, and accounting. Um, My goal is to help make life less less taxing. Um, We have with us today Courtney Arrington. She is a CPA in Virginia and the owner of Arrington Solutions, LLC.
2: And I will let Courtney
1: tell you a little bit more about
2: herself. Courtney? Hi. Thank you so much for having me today, Marjorie. Um, So everyone, my name is Courtney Arrington. And like she said, I'm a CPA licensed here in Virginia. I own a virtual accounting practice where I help social media influencers and small business entrepreneurs called Arrington Solutions. I also have um, a blog slash YouTube channel called The Accounting Struggle, where I kind of speak to new accountants and accounting students just to try to help them get acclimated Made it into the field of accounting, and I just recently started working full-time in my business, so I'm very excited about that, but I did get my start in public accounting, okay. so I have a few years of ca- accounting experience under my belt, both industry and public, so it's very exciting times. Okay, so you, you graduated from college in 2016? Yes, okay. I graduated from VCU, mm-hmm. um, Virginia Commonwealth University, in 2016 with my bachelor's in accounting and I started studying for the CPA exam right out of college and I actually worked directly in like right out of college I went into full-time I started out in tax so I was in public accounting full-time at a regional firm.
1: Okay awesome awesome so did you do in
2: any, any accounting work before you well, while you were in school? I did I did two accounting internships actually so the first internship I did in 2015 with um, a regional accounting firm where they basically in that Internship, they give you exposure to audit and tax. Mm -hmm. So that was when I realized I'm definitely tax and not audit. So I did that um, for a summer and then the senior year, my senior year in college, I did another internship and that one was just for tax, but it was during tax season. So it was mm-hmm. their busy season internship. It was great because I got so much exposure. I was doing actual tax returns and that was like really interesting and so helpful because I was taking an advanced tax course that semester too. Mm-hmm. So it was great exposure. And then I actually got hired full time at that firm and started working for them for a few years their tax practice. Okay. Awesome.
1: Awesome. So what, what type of returns did you um, prepare while you were at that firm?
2: Well, as an intern, they give you anything that's categorized as easy. So if it's a basic 1040 individual return or basic 1041, they will give you that kind of stuff. Um, Or they might give you a small partnership or like a small 1040 that maybe has a schedule C if someone owns, you know, a small business, nothing too complex, but literally my first week full time. Mm -hmm running, they gave me this huge construction company and I was like oh my god I don't know how to do this <laughs> um, so I worked on everything from construction to real estate I, I did focus a lot in nonprofits; that was the bulk of what I did um, so a lot of foundations a lot of colleges and universities that kind of work and then I did some um, manufacturing companies as well so I got a mix of everything the good thing about public is you get to kind of expand and see everything in public accounting right. so you can get a feel. For what you like and what you don't like.
1: Right, right. That, that's true. And that, that's why I like public accounting as well, is because you're not doing the same thing all the time. You're being able to see different clients and different scenarios, and, and it keeps you on your toes, right?
2: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It does. And the thing is that even if you're in the same industry, like with nonprofit accounting, for example, it's so broad still. I mean, there's governmental, there's bigger, you know, bigger nonprofit clients, and then there's smaller ones too. So it's still a lot of variety even within a niche. So that was nice, especially with real estate too. There's so many different types of real estate clients. You have people who invest, then you have people who are developers. So there's just a lot of different variety and you don't, you could never get bored. Right. And I heard you
1: say 1041. So you've gotten some exposure with trust returns.
2: You a little, that? definitely yeah. my least favorite. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, i Think this is me, <laughs> but it was. All, it's always good to get that exposure because it is important to kind of see what at least be familiar enough with the language of it and kind of the the whole process and layout. But I knew it was not something that I would be interested in specializing in. Okay, <laughs> is that your focus? Is that your area? <laughs> I, I oh. like faith and trust. So yeah. Okay, <laughs> it's very important for sure. I think Thank that you. it's incredibly important, and I feel like if you have that skill set. You definitely want to hone in on that. But for me, it just didn't speak to my spirit. spirit, I understand. I understand. So what made you decide to go out on your own? Well, I left public accounting in 2019 and I went into industry. Mm-hmm. So I was working in industry because I was like, you know, public accounting, I love it, but the hours were so so intense and I just I wanted a variety. I wanted a change. I thought that I wanted to get away from something and do something that was more narrow focused and mm-hmm. just a little bit more specific and I thought industry was the perfect opportunity to do that. So I went to working for a large insurance company in their investment group Mm -hmm. so even though i was accounting i wasn't doing any tax at all it was just all like we manage an investment portfolio so all the accounting for the investment portfolio is what i was focused on and i really did like that because it gave me more of like a it was like everybody on my team came from audit so it was a totally different feel it helped me to develop way different skills which was great But I missed tax. (laughs) I had had like family and friends and people in the community reaching out to me like, hey, could you do my taxes? And at this point, I'm like, well, sure. It's not a conflict of interest anymore. I actually have a little bit of weekend time. Yeah, sure. I can do that. And then I started doing it on the side while I was working in um, corporate and it kind of became full blown, like out of. Within a year, I mean, I started probably this time last year really being serious about it and being intentional, and it kind of it took over my full time job. And it's gotten to a point where I had to make a decision. So I love doing it so much, I decided that that's where I wanted to focus. Awesome. Awesome. That, that's very so. How long have you been on your own? Um, so my last day with my corporate job is in three weeks. So <laughs> in I, three weeks. yes, uh, yes, it's in three weeks. So I still am working in corporate, but I've been working in my business for over a year now. Wow. So I've been doing both, which has been extremely intense, right. <laughs> especially because with all the 2020 stuff, that was intense. But then this, the beginning of this year with this tax season and all the changes and all the PPP stuff, it's been, I mean, it's really been a lot to keep up with. And so, yeah, it's been a lot. Been a lot. <laughs> so I've been doing both full time essentially because its it left being a side hustle for a while ago. It's been in a full-time business for a while now wow that's awesome that's awesome
1: yeah. very cool congratulations on that and thank, thank you for being able to just resign you know yeah it's a blessing
2: <laughs> it definitely is a blessing especially given the times that we're in um i'm very grateful definitely mm-hmm. Okay,
1: awesome. So what type of clients
2: do you work with? So my focus is um, small business entrepreneurs, specifically people who make money on social media. So social media influencers are people who do things like have YouTube channels or blogs, or maybe they make content, video content for social media, like TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Um, A lot of people kind of, I feel like that was a niche that was almost like, I don't want to say ignored, but I don't think people were thinking of it as an industry. Like if they came to them needing help, they would probably take them on as a client, but I don't, I didn't see a lot of people marketing specifically to them. I didn't see a lot of accounting guidance specifically speaking to the nature of that type of industry. Mm -hmm. And because I'm on social media and I have my YouTube channel and I'm just very active on social media, I was like, oh, well, these are my people (laughs) these are the people (laughs) I want to talk to. Um, And these are the people that I want to help. I know they're making money and they probably don't have have a lot of guidance on how to manage the money that, you know, the income that they're making and understanding that it is a business, even Mm -hmm. though you're the brand, you're still a business. So that was why I wanted to work with social media influencers. I mean, I do take clients outside of that, of course, too, but that's my focus. Mm
1: -hmm. So with with social media influencers, because you said something about them being a brand. So they probably, um, you probably find ways for them to deduct things that are not common to an ordinary business person. Say for instance, right. a photo shoot or makeup or exactly something like
2: that. Yes, this. yes. So for instance, there's one client that I had that they use their dog a lot in their videos. A lot of their video content involves their pet, which they bought specifically for making videos. So that was something that I'm like, well, that's an ordinary and necessary expense for the type of video content that you produce. There are actually cats. There are actually pets that have their own, you know, TikToks and their own Instagram instagrams that are like famous pets so that in and of itself could be a business it just it's all in what you need for your specific business so we don't i mean we work within the laws of the limit of i mean the limit you know we work within the law of course but there are things that are not as cut and dry that you would see in a typical business and that a lot of people forget about or don't think about um because they don't realize that it's something that they have to do for their video content and that it's considered a business expense that's good
1: so if you were to um kind of kind of give someone a tip that's a social media influencer or that's kind of starting a business and doing that like what would you suggest because people always come to me and they're like well is this a business expense is that a business expense and I'm kind of like well you know track
2: everything and then I'll tell you if it's not right, right. And then to not track it right <laughs> absolutely that's my same advice I'm like let's it's better to have everything and then I can sift through and say no to this <laughs> but if you don't tell me I'm not going to know. So tell me everything you bought. I, I just want my clients to know. I want to be on you like right on rice. I want to know everything that you have done. If you made a purchase, I want to know about it. If you're thinking about making a purchase, I want to know about it. There is no, I feel like there are sometimes people who want to be a little hands off or they feel like, ooh, she's in my business too much. If that's how you feel, I'm not the accountant for you because I need to be all in your business so that I can help you and partner with you because I I, we were, we're supposed to work together. Right. So my advice to people is really to track everything and take it seriously. This is a business, especially if this is your, you know, your primary source of income. Don't just think of it as like, oh, this the money. The money's hitting my account every month. I can just spend it. <laughs> you have to pay taxes. You have deductions and things that you need to factor in. So please just track if even if you're not ready to pay an accountant or you don't feel ready to pay an accountant, yeah. at least track the income and the expenses yourself, track every dollar. Time and keep all of your personal and business separate. Yeah, can you say that? That's the part have- that's hard for them. <laughs> they just they they really struggle with that part. <laughs> so any income that you get for your business and any expenses that you spend in your business need to be kept completely separate from your regular everyday stuff. Okay. And that's the part that people struggle with the most, but it's like one of the most important things. It's one of the most important things. Right, right. So so just kind of elaborate on why it's- so important because I say this all the
1: time. But yes. <laughs> so it's
2: important for a number of reasons. Number one, it helps to really see how your business is actually performing. When you have everything commingled, it's difficult to see what are the true sources of your income and what is your actual bottom line because you have so many other your personal light bill and all this stuff is mixed in. So you think you're losing more money than you actually have in real business expenses. So you can't really make business decisions because you don't know what your numbers truly are. So that's one reason. More importantly, <laughs> the other reason is the IRS will come and get you. <laughs> if you get audited, you have to have things separate, especially if you have a setup as an LLC, in order to actually have that limited liability, you cannot commingle funds because once you start commingling funds, whether you're an LLC or not, they're going to say, oh, it's all one thing because you spend all of it, it's all going and coming out of the same pot. So for legal reasons you have to keep it separate and for being able to make decisions on how your business is doing and what whether or not you can afford things the only way to know that is to keep it all separate, keep all separate. right right and because Absolutely. i said
1: so <laughs> <laughs> because you said so huh? because
2: it makes it easier
1: for me right, right. yes please help us <laughs> that's what's right it, it, it's challenging right. going through you know bank statements or QuickBooks transactions it's like okay this looks personal this looks business this looks personal you know and then it with, so much personal, right? Yeah. So, and yeah. then the other thing I was going to say is that um, it's easier because you find a lot of people where they don't track their information at the same time. They kind of wait. And at the end of the year, it's hard for you to remember what you spent something for or the mm-hmm. reason why you spent it compared to if you're
2: tracking it right at that same time. Exactly. And one of the things I see, like this year I had a lot of big cleanup projects where people were like, it's been two or three years. I haven't done anything. Here yeah. are my bank statements. Please help me because the IRS to sending me notices. And so with those, one of the recurring issues that I see all the time is Cash App and Venmo and Zelle. Oh. If we could pull over for just a second to talk yes. about that. let's we'll talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> If it is, you know, 2021 and in 2019 or in 2018, I'm looking at your stuff, your statements, and you have 700 transactions and it all says Cash App to Lil Mo, Cash App to John John, you're not going to remember what that was for. So if you are using, if you're paying people or you're receiving money via Cash App, it's going to come in as that person's name on Mm -hmm. Cash App. It's not going to come in as an actual vendor expense. So the problem is, I don't know what that was for. If I see all stripes or all PayPal deposits, I'll know those are sales, but there's no way to really differentiate if this person was someone who was giving you money for dinner because y'all split a bill, or if this was an actual thing that you purchased or got money for in your business. And now it's been two years you don't remember. So you're going to tell me, oh, it's just this, put it under that, but you don't really know. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's one reason why I hate those. They're also not super safe for business purposes. Um, They're also not professional. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I really, truly hate them so much. Like I hate seeing that on someone's business account. I know it's one way that you feel like you can avoid away the fees. But honestly, I really want to see clients not use that stuff anymore. So I don't even, I feel like I got so passionate about that. I don't even remember the original question. Um, but oh yes, if you wait too long, you're going re- to forget things and how to categorize them appropriately. But also it's too late to fix anything because now all the damage is done. Mm-hmm. So if we're halfway through the year and we're doing your books and we see, oh wow, you know, 16% of your revenue is going towards um, product. Maybe, you should get it to if this was your original budget, was you know only 10%. Maybe we need to get that down right now. You have time to correct because you still have half the year left. But if you right. wait until after the fact, you're like, dang, I spent way too much money on that supplier, I need to try and find another supplier for next year, right? So,
1: right. or to actively tax plan, you know, it's like exactly anything for the prior year, right?
2: Right, what's done is done, right? So and I get so many tax planning <laughs> for tax planning. I think that people don't understand. Understand how key it is to be doing active real-time bookkeeping. Bookkeeping is something that I feel like is often just not talked about when it comes to business. I hear people talking about taxes, but never bookkeeping. But if you have a business, you have to have bookkeeping. It's not optional. And I get a lot of people who will come to me after the fact, when it's time to do taxes, and they'll say, gosh, well, why do I have to pay so much? And Amazon didn't pay this, or Trump didn't pay that. And I'm like, they did planning all year. They Mm -hmm. They had time to make strategies. It's too late for you. It was done, done. Department, right? They had an ac- <laughs> and they paid them. They don't care how much their CPA charges them. Right. They're saving them millions in taxes, right. so they don't care what the bill says. Mm-hmm. They pay it and they plan and they turn in what they're supposed to turn in at the time they're supposed to do it. So it's too late to employ strategies the next year in April. If you come to me April tenth, <laughs> it's too late. There's nothing we could do. All you can do is pay the bill, right? All you can do is pay the yeah. bill. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> All you can just pay
1: the field
0: This episode of the CPA Lady Podcast is sponsored by Todd Capital, the home of the options course of the year, teaching the coach the importance of investing in ownership. Be sure to tap into our courses and podcasts at linktree forward slash Todd Millionaire. That's l i n k t r dot e forward slash Todd Millionaire. And, 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 and now, back to the show.
1: So you, you talked about um, the cleanup projects, because I know I saw a lot of that um, this year as well, you know, multiple years, 17, 18, 19, 20. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like I've had someone even tell me, it's like, oh, had I done this last year, I would have approached it differently, you know, approach 2020 this year. But um, so I know we talk about QuickBooks and tracking. Um, do you have any other suggestions or ways that people can track? Because a lot of times, like you said, people don't want to pay. The CPAs we know are, are underpaid um, and, and under respected. I would say, right? Mm-hmm. They will pay a lawyer lawyer bill faster than they will pay a CPA bill, yes.
2: right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think they realize the value. That's probably why they don't realize the value. Okay. So how do
1: we how do we how do we change that? And I guess that kind of points to the accounting struggle. Does, does that take us to there?
2: Well, kind of. Yes. I mean, one of the things that I kind of speak about a lot on the accounting struggles, more so geared towards accountants. But really, I want to start creating more content focused for people who need accounting and just helping them to understand the value of it and the importance of it. Because like you said, people know, okay, I'm in trouble. I need a lawyer. They're going to help me. I have to pay whatever they want to charge me. But a lot of times we're so um, reactive to things instead of like getting when you start a business, that's when you need an attorney. That's when you need an accountant. It's not like, oh, now now the IRS is sending me letters. Now I'm in trouble. Now I need help. Because again, now. Now it's too late to really do anything and to get out in front of these issues. So um, I think that if people had a better understanding of like the value of the work that we do, a lot of people hear CPA and they're like, oh, taxes, which of course me and you, we do taxes, but that's not all you can do as an accountant. So in the accounting struggle, I talk about all the different careers you can have in accounting and some of them have nothing to do with tax, but they all add so much value to the, to the actual business. And no matter what industry you're in, no matter what size your business or what stage is in, accounting is a part of it. Whether you're doing it or not, it is a part of it. So there is no business that exists that does not need or have some sort of accounting. It, it just doesn't exist. It's the backbone of any business. So if people had a better understanding of like what value we bring to the table, how we help you to increase your bottom line, how we help to save you money on your taxes, and how we help you to reach your goals financially overall, if people really understood that, and I think they would be more willing and more eager to go out and get that help early on So we have to ex- explain to them and show them the value
1: of having the cpa yes do you, do you find that um people are i don't want to say intimidated or just kind of unsure of the process because a lot of times people don't do something because they don't they don't know or they don't know what to expect so like what how how is it working with you what's your process when you take on a new client and you start working with them
2: um and I think I think that that's one of the reasons why I like to work with the area that I work in these are not necessarily the most, I'm not saying they're not business savvy, but these are not people who have that much exposure. Oftentimes they're new business entrepreneurs, their first generation. Mm-hmm. And they are just like, I don't know. The internet told me I need an accountant. So that's why I'm here. That might be the, the first thing they say. And so I try to be patient and educate them as a part of my service. So education is really important. I'm not going to just send you an email like, Hey, here's your profit and loss statement. Do with it what you will. I actually take the time to sit down with my clients and go over everything that's on there, help them understand what the numbers mean, help them understand why it's important. Because if I understand it and they don't understand it, then it's no, there's no real value. Like They're the ones who are going to go out and get that business loan. I'm not going to be there. So they have to understand their numbers. And I think anybody who owns a business should at, at least know at any given point what their average revenue is or where they are for the year, or at least a roundabout number. And so for me, I'm just all about making sure I help them understand what it is I'm doing and how we're supposed to work together to achieve certain goals. That's like the most important thing because it's not common sense. And a lot of times people don't know what they don't know. So I try to be not as judgmental, although I do have my moments. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I just try to like really help people and be patient and just explain things to them in a a way that's like layman's terms. Mm -hmm. My goal is not to make you feel like you're not as smart as me because you are smarter than me and you're the expert in what you do, but this is my expertise. And so let's, you know, bridge that gap. And and I like that um, because just,
1: just a a little shameless plug here, but I wrote a course, um, it's called Understanding My Taxes and it it was geared for individuals, but it it just goes over the different um, types of of tax returns or types of entities. So like a a sole proprietorship, how that's going to affect your individual return, a partnership, Mm -hmm. um, but, score you know and it kind of just helps people just kind of goes over the basic income tax return because I feel as though it's important for people to know what's on your return, why you're having to pay and what you can do different, you know? Absolutely. And, and just having that 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 relationship. But even if you have someone do it, I feel as though you should still understand what's going on and be able to check it because you know, you're also signing up on that return too, right? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> as an individual. Yeah, definitely. That correct. So, yeah. But yeah, I think education is the key. We, we have to continue to educate, educate, and educate. Um, so, we, we talked about um, Venmo. Can we just touch on PayPal? What, what's been your experience with PayPal?
2: Okay. So, PayPal, as it pertains to QuickBooks, is a very hot mess. It gets the processing. And the reason why is because PayPal is both a bank, essentially, and a processor. It's like a payment processor and it can hold the money. So it gets real tricky in QuickBooks. If you are not, if you're managing your own QuickBooks and you have your PayPal linked as one of your banks... You have to get on YouTube and really sit down and watch those videos to understand it because you will duplicate transactions and you will record things wrong because PayPal is very tricky in QuickBooks. Mm-hmm. However, I do like PayPal as a payment processor. It They do take forever to release your money now. If you need <laughs> your money today, don't use PayPal. Um, but I like PayPal as a payment processor because I, for one, it's almost always one of the payment options. When you go to a website, there's usually like Visa, MasterCard, PayPal. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to be able to just easily check out. So it's a good option for your clients or people who you're selling to, which I do like that. And then I find it to be one of the more safer platforms, and it's actually like PayPal for business. So it's not just like your personal PayPal, which mm. Cash App does offer a business for Cash App. But I prefer Square. If you're gonna use something, just get the little thing that you hook to your phone, mm. mm-hmm. and just use Square. Um, because again, Cash App doesn't come through on the statement as anything that's easily identifiable.
1: Okay. Yeah. Very good. Um, so with your with your clients, um, what t- type
2: of tax planning strategies? Do you do tax planning strategies? I'm sure you do. <laughs> I do. So I do um like I do quarterly tax planning with my clients, um, especially my bookkeeping clients and then some of my higher earning individuals who I do 1040 work for. But um as far as like tax planning strategies, um I do sit down with them and go over their options with them, especially people who are going to have a huge bill at the end of the year. We talk about some of the things they're potentially missing, um, what they could do differently differently if they're in the right taxing structure. I have a ton of people who are, this whole LLC S Corp thing mm-hmm. is getting very popular on the internet. And so I have a lot of people who are like, oh, I need to be an S Corp. And I'm like looking at their numbers and I'm like, no, you don't. Mm-hmm. And then there are a ton of people who don't know anything about being an S Corp, but they're, you know, they're an LLC and that's all they know that that's where they started and stopped, but they're making tons of money, tons of net profit. And so just introducing them to different taxing structures mm-hmm. and different ways that they can save on their taxes and what all the pieces of the puzzle are like if you have your own business but maybe your partner is someone you're married to or you have children these are also things that are going to impact your final tax bill. So mm-hmm. we try to get all of that information into the picture and just plan all throughout the year so that we're not hit with any surprises. Like, oh no, now I have to pay fifty thousand dollars and I didn't know that was going to happen and I don't mm-hmm. have it. You know, we don't ever want that. We don't ever want that. Right, right. <laughs> I like to plan through all the, throughout the
1: year. Plan throughout the year. You know, always yeah. be looking at your finances to see where you are. You know, if you need to pivot, especially with with the the um, be like an. L- I'll see. You know, is it time to
2: become an escort? You know, should you be paying yourself a salary? You know, how much are you making? So, yeah. Right. Yeah. And coming up with a salary that's reasonable, something that isn't going to get you into hot water with the IRS. I'm always trying to talk to my clients like I'm an IRS auditor and sometimes mm-hmm. it could be a little much for them. I've definitely been, I had a client tell me before, I feel like you're the feds. I don't <laughs> mean to be that way, but I don't like to be unrealistic with them. I don't want to sell them a bunch of lies and say, oh yeah, write off, right off everything, yeah. your work clothes, all this random stuff that I know could potentially hurt them down the line. So I try to ask them or think like a little bit more prudent, a little bit more conservative. Mm-hmm. Of course we're gonna work within, you know, the bounds, but I just don't want people to end up five or six years down the line saying, oh, Courtney misled me. Right. Right, right. That's, and, and have something on the return that they can't support. So, yeah, right. That's a big one. <laughs> that is the biggest thing. If you can't back it up, even if it's true, it doesn't mean anything. You have to be able to back it up. You have to be able to back it up. And that, that's a good thing, too, with keeping track of things
1: now, right? Right. Where you can document what it is that was done. I know someone was telling me that um, someone said, take a picture of your office, like your home office. It's like, take a picture of it and save it yeah. so that if anything ever came up with the IRS, you can actually prove to them, hey, I had an office space, you know, then the more documentation that you have the the more they're going to
2: back off right right yes if your numbers if everything is solid and intact there's really not much argument but if it's you against them and they're they've been doing this for 50 years and you're like this 21 year old person who's a TikTok Mm -hmm. star who's like I thought I could write off all this stuff I'm sorry like there is going to be so easy for them to chew you up and spit you out if you don't know and you don't have support and it's just not worth it. It's not worth it. It's, not yeah, worth it. it's definitely not. <laughs>
1: So let's talk about the accounting struggle. Um, We kind of touched on it a little bit. And um, I'm part of an organization. It's called the Alliance of Black Women Accountants. And we were formed for the purpose of mentoring, empowering, and supporting women of color in the accounting and finance profession. Um, So that, I I like the accounting struggle. I like that you are doing it. And I like that there are so many of us that are trying to reach us that have done it because you usually don't find too many mentors no (laughs) no
2: (laughs) so it's especially like okay now now post uh, 2020 and all of the uprising and all of that, of course, people are, are talking about it a little bit more the whole like underrepresentation and let's get things to be more diverse and all of that. And that's great. But I started getting into the accounting industry in 2015 is when I did my first internship in public accounting. Mm-hmm. My first internship in the, I remember going to my intern class, like we have this big get together at the end of the internship. It was in Folly Beach and I went and I was so excited. There were there were probably like 75 interns, maybe mm-hmm. even 100. There were two of us who looked like me. <laughs> and I was like, "Ooh, I stand out here." I never <laughs> realized I stood out that much. Mm-hmm. So, um, definitely There isn't a lot of diversity. Even still, there's a long way to go and a lot of opportunity. Um, It's still very much an industry that is predominantly white, predominantly male. And um, yeah, just not a whole lot of diversity. So for me, when I first started the accounting struggle, it was honestly just because I needed to find other people who are struggling with accounting. Literally how it sounds. Mm -hmm. I started in 2017 or 2016 when I first started working because I was like, oh my God, this is so much harder than I thought it was going to be. I did well in school. I did well in the internship. And now they're giving me these big projects and I cannot keep up. I can't be the only person struggling with this. So for me, whenever I kind of learned a new thing or figured, had like an aha moment at work, I would write about it. Mm. And then I started documenting my CPA journey. So when I first graduated, I took two sections of the CPA exam and I passed them. It was fine. And then I started working full-time and I was like, okay, just two more. And then I'm done. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Those last two, (laughs) it was such a disaster. Like I kept failing. Then the ones that I passed had expired. It was just around and around and around and around. And I was talking about that on my accounting YouTube channel the whole time. I was just like, yeah, I failed, but this, is what i did to prepare for my retake mm-hmm. and this is what worked for me here are all the study skills that didn't work here are the study skills that do work so the accounting struggle for me is almost like it's like service work i just want people to learn from my mistakes i've made so many and will continue to make some mm-hmm. so i want to share like victories but i also want to share like things to watch out for because i don't i don't think it should be lonely for me it was a very lonely experience i felt like everybody in my firm was just so um High achieving and just of a different life (laughs) and background. Mm -hmm. And I felt like, oh, I'm like the lonely. The, the homely person who just can't get it together. I feel so bad about this. And some of that was probably just me being dramatic, but a lot of it was real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I wanted mm-hmm. to just kind of share that for other people and be visible to them, mm-hmm. to the people who are not acing it, the people mm-hmm. who are failing multiple times, just to help them understand like this happens, but you can pass, just keep mm-hmm. going. Yes.
1: Yeah, it does. That's awesome. And I like that you write, that you write about it because my CPA journey wasn't easy, but I never wrote about it.
2: You know, because there's so much shame. There's so much shame. Like everyone's asking you, "How did you do? Did you pass? Did you pass?" It's, it's score day, and you're like, "No, I didn't."
1: <laughs> and because you have to be intent, you have to be intense and intentional when you're studying, and um, you know, really focused. And life happens. You know, it's like I, I recall going to or going studying for the CP exam, and I would be at a, a football game with my son. You know, mm-hmm. because I had to. You know, I still had to be a mom, but Right. I was, and then I was still working, but I was still becoming a CPA, you know, so the pass and the fail and all that stuff. I, I know all about it. Um, yeah. I actually talked about it on this cup. She's called the black CPA lady. Have you met her Jacqueline Anderson? No, I have not. I'm, I'm going to connect the two of you guys because she, okay. has, she has a YouTube channel and she just talks about the, the, the challenges of becoming the CPA and what it means to you and stuff like that. So, so I was on her, her YouTube channel and I actually kind of dug through, you know, how many times I took the exam and, you know, did I pass and did I fail and all that. And I, I was telling her about, you know, I actually passed audit. Like, the, it was the last one I needed to take. I passed audit, um, but they told me I failed it. And so.
2: <laughs> that is a different type of evil. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so they told me I failed. And so I lost, um, I lost credit on BEC. So I had to retake BEC, which I did. But then when I took audit again, I got like a 74 And so then I had to take audit another time. And then I passed it and got like an 80 something. But then right after I passed it, I got a letter saying, hey, you actually passed it. I I would
2: have been so (laughs) done. Oh, my God. I could not imagine passing it and being like, you have to take it again. Oh, wait, sorry to make you do all that. Yeah. Our bad. bad. Wow.
1: Who is (laughs) auditing
2: the scores? That's crazy. (laughs) Wow. It just shows perspective perseverance, right? Right. I feel like that's a huge part of the exam process. It almost has less to do with the exam skill set. And just, I feel like there are some people who think that it's something that you should be doing in your strategy. Some of it is really just, is it your exam? Is this the mm-hmm. one that you're going to pass? And are you going to have the wherewithal to keep going if you didn't pass? Right. I feel like that's a huge part of it. It's like a test of your strength. So for me, failing was the best thing that could have ever happened in my life. The repeated failures really taught me a lot about who I am and how I view things and how I approach challenges, how I overcome them. So mm-hmm. if I had not done all of that, I probably would not have the bravery to be like, I'm going to work full-time for myself. I know I wouldn't, but I've already seen what the the repeated failure looks like. I already felt and experienced what it feels like to fail. Mm-hmm. So I know if I fail, that's never the end unless I just stop there.
1: Yes. So I it's like fine.
2: That. That's, that's so good. <laughs> Ha <laughs> Thank you.
1: <laughs> it's never the end unless you stop there. Yeah. yeah. Very, very cool. That, 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 that's a good place. So even, even in accounting and finance, your business, you're, I, I see great things happening for you. Um, Thank you. Great great niche, um, social media influencers. There are a lot of people out there um, making money. And that's kind of when I started getting involved on social media and um, wanting to write the course or wanting to educate people because you saw in 2020, so many people making money. And And it's like, Mm -hmm. their tax
2: bill next year is not going to be pretty. (laughs) No. And they have no idea. You're telling them and they're like, what? I have to pay taxes? And it's like, yes, girl, you made (laughs) $500,000. Yes. Yes. The $500,000 is good, but yeah, Uncle Sam wants there. Absolutely. And they will get it. (laughs) That's the thing that you have to understand. We're not all smart in them. They've been doing this a long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. awesome.
1: Courtney, is there anything else you'd like to share before we um before we wrap up? Any
2: tips, tricks, suggestions, anything? Honestly, I feel like just when it comes to accounting and the whole journey whether it's working, working for yourself, studying, whatever it is, whatever part of it, I think that it's going to look different for everybody. So just, you know, know your journey is personal and um be okay with every part of it because each part of it is teaching you something. So Awesome like my final word that's cool
1: that and that applies both to business owners and accounting students I mm-hmm. love it I love it thank love you it. <laughs> So thank you so much for being with me today Courtney um, to all my YouTube um, if you're watching this on YouTube please like share and subscribe right and if you have any questions I will leave Courtney's information below my information below and thank you so much for watching and listening
0: Follow Marjorie on Instagram at MLMCPA or Twitter at Marjorie L. McPike. That's M-A-R-J-O-R-I-E-L-M-C-P-I-K-E. We'll see you here next time.